Welcome to Box Out Banter. My name is Chris Kid Liquid Okamura. Joining me as always is Jordan Christmas. We've been gone for two weeks, Jordan. How you been? Uh, I've been good, man. Including your uh, including your gamer tag in the intro. I see you've been a uh, you've been a I've been, busy I've been man. On, <laughs> I've been on the gamer highway, so it's been a, a bit of a habit. Yeah, Mister Mister um, Big Social Media Manager over here. <laughs> so yeah, I just got back from Florida. I have a story to tell. I have, a, I have a yarn to spin, so to speak. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's been a it's been pretty pretty busy week for me. Well, don't suspend the listeners. It's been two weeks. I know we said we we would be doing this more every week, but now we've become a bi-weekly podcast lately. <laughs> don't right. suspend the listener. Tell with what, the, what was the, the story? With the holidays, man. So so obviously we're the event was in Florida, so it was you know very. Uh, Masks are optional in Florida, apparently. Very odd, very strange. Uh, yep. But anyway, the Sunday of the event, we're all good. We're all wearing masks, whatever. The Sunday of the event, like, so let me preface this. Uh, but like a quarter of our company was there. So we had like 28 people on the floor at this event. So it was pretty fun to see everyone and like, you know, sort of everyone being back. And, and that's like Panda, that. right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, one of our Panda, so I got a text message at like Sunday, the last day of the so final day. I get text messages saying like, "Hey, Bobby tested positive for COVID." And Bobby's one of our video editors, and so I was like, "Oh, oh boy, that's not good." So my boss ran over, and again, my boss is a doctor, right? So he gives me the company card. He goes, "Go to Walmart and grab COVID tests," because we had to test everyone. And again, and we had been working with CEO staff as well, so you know, it's it's a uh, it's a lot. It's you had to get a lot, a lot of, of people tests. involved. Yeah. So I walk into the Walgreens and I take my arm and I just like, I do the thing where I just like shovel as many COVID tests into this basket as possible and like as many as I can carry. Like <laughs> right. I just take my, I just take my arm and like pull. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so I did one of those. And so I had, it's like over a thousand dollars worth of COVID tests. They're like 20 bucks a pop. So that better I... have been company paid. <laughs> Of course, it was on the company card. So then I grab all the COVID tests. I walk up, and the la- I'm wearing my panda jer- like panda jacket, the jersey, and I have the badge from the event, right? So the lady clearly knows what I'm from, and so she looks at me and she, she's like, "Is everything okay over there?" And I was, and I I looked at her dead in the eye, and I said, "We'll see," <laughs> and I walked out. <laughs> and her face when I said "We'll see" was one of pure fear. <laughs> 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 like oh shit <laughs> yeah we might have an outbreak on our hands yeah well uh and it was real funny <laughs> i hope i hope everybody tested negative yes okay that story needed it i needed to i needed a resolution to that part of the story <laughs> yeah everyone everyone has a negative other than bobby i the i think bobby had gotten it right before he had come to florida so he was not like um like he had got he hadn't gotten it at the event, so you know there was no outbreak, and he was wearing a mask the entire time, and and he, he, we're all vaccinated, so Damn. we're all okay. Yeah, I still need to, uh, I still need to schedule to get my booster because <clears throat> you know new variants are just being formed because you know people just won't be vaccinated, but you know that's just the reality we live in. As the NBA and the NFL is dealing with that reality now, and it's looking like the positive tests are just r- ramping up um as we as we speak but uh i hope you've been able to uh, keep up with hoops the two weeks you've been you've been a jet yeah, setting I've been, out there i've been watching quite a bit um and like thanks to league pass i can watch them after the fact so i've been kind of like when i get home or when i'm done with work like watching them late at night like watching the vods and stuff like that um so i've been keeping up a little bit i mean there's some stuff there's like some of the minutia that I normally would be keeping up on that I'm not, but overall, one I, of the I, weekends the you were gone, that. I was watching. What well, I, I don't, I did I tell you that I was watching the Knicks Rockets game, uh, on a Saturday. Um, it was a it was a noon game, and the the Rockets who are who have been winning a lot lately, actually, um, with some injuries and some lineup changes, but. I was what this was before their winning streak. This was in the midst of their 15 game losing streak. The Rockets played in New York 
and it was literally some of the worst basketball I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> like I was sitting there like, what am I doing in my living room on a noon on a Saturday <laughs> watching this game? It was some of the worst offense I've ever seen. Blooper real level stuff. But uh, I've been keeping up. I've been, I've been watching a lot of games, especially because I'm trying to get this YouTube channel off the ground. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting storylines, but, um, COVID just seems to be, is starting to rear its head. Um, Bulls, the Bulls, uh, Pistons game was postponed. They had, I forgot which team the Bulls play on Thursday, but that team, that game was postponed as well. Um, I hope that, uh, seems like the league is now emphasizing booster shots or, um, recommending booster shots, but, uh, yeah, that, I guess that was kind of expected with uh, fans coming back into the arena and stuff like that, because yeah, at, at this point last year, there was like the rate that people are testing positive has been the same as last year, but people don't factor in the fact that there was nobody in the arenas last year. And now that 20,000 people are packed into arenas again, it's kind of bound to happen. Um, but I just, I hope that, uh, it doesn't impact it too much, but it probably inevitably will. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, like, as the world starts to open back up again and people are going into, there's different areas and different people that have, you know, different things that they're, you know, like we just talked with Florida, right? Like, Florida is very different than California, right? In the way that they're handling COVID. So, yeah, because you know, the governor's you an get, idiot. Oh, wait, sorry. Right. I didn't mean to get political. <laughs> but yes. Well, yeah. So uh <laughs> Yeah, so, threw a curveball at you there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. So what so Jordan, what what topic do you have going on today? Um I think the East is very clearly better than the West. Like I think that's the yeah. main takeaway through the uh first quarter of the season. Um we're a little bit over the first quarter of the season now, but this is one of those rare years where I think just top bottom well, not the, not the, um, not teams thirteen through fifteen because uh, I think the Magic are just way too. I love the Magic's young talent, by the way, but uh, I think the Magic and the Pistons are just so young that um, they, I, they're just losing a lot of games because they're a young team. Um, but teams like the Rockets, Pelicans, and Thunder, they're obviously better than the very bottom of the East. But one through twelve, I think the East is clearly better overall. Now the two best teams or the three best teams now with the jazz playing so well, but the two best teams in the NBA have been the uh, Suns and warriors to me. And I think the bucks are square right in that conversation now that they're healthy um, mostly, but overall I just the top to bottom, the conference is really good. I, for context, the Pacers who are reportedly about to, blow it up or set the detonate button um they would be the 10th seed right now very clearly over very like by a few games over the sacramento kings who are 10th right now or i think it's the timberwolves now um but yeah who they would easily be the 10th seed in the west and uh the east is fun man i i i dig i dig the east there's a lot of good teams um there's some big injuries like bam Adebayo's injury but fully healthy i like the heat i'm very bullish on the Cavs. the east is just awesome top top down yeah it's a uh, it's definitely a lot i think the top end of the east too is a lot more uh i want to say consistent than like so scratch that the suns the warriors the jazz i think in the class of their own in terms of like consistency i i still like I still have to see what the Nets and the Bucks look like healthy. And like oh, yeah, now that roster. well, apparently, I don't know if you saw the report today, but the Nets are some from Sham Sarania. The Nets are now have now found new optimism that Kyrie could return. Apparently, he's talked to Kevin Durant lately um, about you, returning. You think Kevin Durant slapped him up and was like, <laughs> "Get the vaccination." <laughs> it that was really my whole my like. My holdup with the Nets was obviously just Kyrie just ending his dumb stance, like 
as if he was trying to be Malcolm X or some shit and trying to make this <laughs> profound stance on or quote unquote speak he said he was speaking for the voiceless even though the anti-vax crowd is very much not a voiceless group <laughs> but yes. um yeah it just seems seems like he might be on the road to coming back um but i still i still like the bucks man um i Giannis has one he's held the fort down while drew and chris came or came back from health and safety protocol um Bobby Portis is taking his game to another level. Grayson Allen has been an incredible pickup for the Grizzlies, who the Grizzlies, by the way, are playing really well without John Morant. There's just a lot of interesting storylines, but uh, I cut you off. Are we, what were you? What was the point you were trying to make? Oh, I was just saying, like I, there's certain the the thing with I will agree with you that like the the East is better than the West. That's not even a question. I would say that there is still a lot of potential in the West of like. There, I just need some of these top end teams to be more consistent. Like I'm still, I still think like the Nuggets, Lakers, the Mavericks, I still think can be up there. If again, if all, if everything turns correctly, I think that I think it's just a matter of finding consistency with these rosters. I'm very close and, to being out on the Mavs. Are you really? Yep. Even when they started off well, they had they just looked bad. They yep. had a negative point differential. Luka Doncic is his Are you old... out on are you out on Porzingis as like being oh, no. able to Porzingis salvage has, anything? Porzingis has been he's been good this year, actually. Yeah. Um but I just how Jason Kidd is using Luca, the Mavs just can't shoot. Um Luca the way he's scoring, the the way he the where he is getting his shots is different this year. Their defense is still pretty bad. Like I'm just and they've been on a slide recently. I'm just not a believer in this roster and this coach. And there is still this thing where it's like, well, Porzingis is ultimately a five, but if he's the five, then your defense might have a problem there. Like, because for all the rim protection Porzingis can have, you will still get burned on the perimeter and he'll get buried under the basket. I but Porzingis has been good this year. Like he's scoring in the post at a very high rate per possession and stuff. I'm just not a believer in Jason Kidd, and it's kind of been bearing out that way. Even when they started like eight and four or whatever it was, and everyone was like, "Oh, how's the?" Everyone was like puffing out their chest, like, "Oh, well, what were you guys saying about Jason Kidd?" It's like they still had a negative point differential. They were just winning close games and coin flip games. Uh, the the process was not. The process was bad, but the results ended up good, I guess is what I'm saying with the Mavs. Um, and then the Nuggets, I mean, I I just don't see how they'll improve. Like, Jokic is – Jokic will have – he has the legit case's best player in the world, but there's only so much he can do when Murray's, yeah. Murray's out, and now Michael Porter Jr. has this I don't know back surgery if, again. I don't know if Michael Porter Jr. is going to play again. Yeah, I'm very uh, yeah. Uh, that's a very fair. Like his statement. career could just be done. That's his third back surgery in like what three years, four three years? years. Yeah. Like, and look, I get it. You had to extend him and all that stuff. I, I don't, I don't buy into. They could have waited to extend him. I just think if you're a, a team like the Nuggets in that market, you just lock up that core, like. Yeah, we were talking about, up. and the thing is, like, the thing is, even if he doesn't play again, you're gonna get that money back from, like, via like an NBA, like, like exemption ex- or something, like exemption or whatever. Yeah. But like, uh, if it if it is as bad as we think it is, then yeah, you'll they will definitely get some kind of exemption. Yeah, they kind of been the Nuggets themselves publicly at least have kind of been mum on what the back injury is, but um, yeah. But I just know, I yeah. just know from what we've heard in the past and things like that. that yeah, it's, it's bad. Like bad. this is third back surgery. Of course, there's it, it, like I am very concerned for his career outlook. Like the Nuggets are obviously taking the. They said they were taking the long term approach, which is you know never a good sign. Yeah, uh, it's very sad because he's very talented. Because like remember last year when it was like a few days after the Nuggets traded for Aaron Gordon and. This was against a fully healthy Clippers team on national TV, and they 
beat the brakes off the Clippers, like yeah. wire to wire. Like full, Gordon full was health too. Full, full health fully team. healthy. Full health. Jokic was dropping dimes. Aaron Gordon was guarding Kawhi and Paul George. He was switching everywhere. The type of guy, the type of fourth utility guy the Nuggets needed with Michael Porter Jr. and his movement shooting and all that. And then that Warriors game happened. Murray tears his ACL and it all kind of just goes downhill from there. And it's like I would have picked that team to come out of the West. I really love that Nuggets team. Oh, um, so did I. We talked about this last year. Yeah. Like if like if it was like a few things well, one thing's clear, the Suns are better this year, but the Suns we do have to acknowledge the Suns did catch a few breaks, but every team catches breaks, right? Um, but the Nuggets not being fully healthy, and then of course the Lakers getting injuries themselves kind of screwed things over, but um uh, oh yeah and speaking of the lakers i have to say uh westbrook has been playing better so i won't meme or troll today on the podcast he's uh, playing great he's uh, he is not the problem. i would not i would not say great i would say he's been playing good he's definitely not playing like he was earlier in the season he still does he still has dumbass turnovers and he'll still get backdoor cut anthony davis has he Anthony Davis just hasn't been what he's, he's supposed to be. He's just not been good this year. And I know the numbers will say the raw numbers will say otherwise, but he's shooting like shit from mid range from three. He is scoring a career high near the rim, but he won't go near the rim. I think he's bulked up too much too. So he's not moving like he used to. And, um, it's concerning that LeBron is also taking more threes than he ever has in his career by a mile, but, uh, fewer drives too. fewer drives, fewer fewer drives. But I have to say like, if the Lakers play the warriors, the Suns, and the jazz right now, as we sit here on what's the date, December 13th, they're they're getting smoked, like smoked, put them on the smoker, grill them up, serve them in a pulled pork sandwich. The Lakers are getting smoked in the, in a series with any of those teams. I just don't like the roster construction. We're waiting on Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Ariza to save the day. I just, I had, I had questions about their offseason moves when it happened, and and you get not you specifically, and I'm sure you'll empathize with me when I say this. But there are just dumbass Laker fans that are just blaming yes. Frank Vogel. Like it's not, it's not I mean, Frank will, Vogel's will, fault. Like will, he has a few mistakes, blame- but. I'll blame Vogel for one thing, and that is starting the, two bigs. No, well, yes, but it's it's the insistence of which big he's starting. Yeah. Dwight has clearly given more energy and more effort, and is a better player at this point than DeAndre Jordan. Oh yeah, DeAndre but, Jordan's but like, been dead for like three years. <laughs> but like he, for some reason, refused to give up on DeAndre Jordan for whatever reason. Um, just and we can't we quit just, him. We just went with DeAndre too long, and like that's what caused a lot of the holes. Like when you, like the Lakers are winning games pretty consistently now, and like are playing a ton better, and it's because DeAndre Jordan isn't in the lineup. Um, and like you, you guys are beating up on bad teams, though. I will say lately. Yeah, and like remember beginning of the year we weren't doing that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and <laughs> that's like that's true. That's like the problem, right? Like it's not so much that it wasn't so much that like we were losing close. We we were getting 10 15 point leads and then losing games mm-hmm. right so like you know this is at least an improvement not gonna lie i thought you guys were almost gonna blow another 25 point lead to a lotto team oh last God. night against the match <laughs> bro oh. but yeah that essentially what it is is like this consistency and again like for me i'm not a laker fan that believes that kendrick nunn and ariza are going to come in and save the day i just want to see what the team looks like with a full roster where everyone is playing in their correct spots. Like, I think a lot of guys are playing that's too many true. minutes at this time. And so that's where you're seeing the drop off where it's like, <clears throat> like, cause when you, there's stretches in the middle of these games, we're like, yeah, we're blowing out teams and we're doing what we're supposed to do. And then we just drop off at the end. Cause guys are tired or playing too many minutes or like Carmelo shouldn't not be playing as many minutes as he's playing, but he has to, because he's we're we're short on the wing. So now when you get Kendrick Dunn back, when you get Trevor Reza back, those minutes now even out and you're able to yep. be, like equally distribute minutes and energy, right? Mm-hmm. 
So, like, to me, that's where I think that they play a major factor of waiting for them to come back. It's not that they're going to save the team, but they're going to make at least a little more consistency. The right? fit, the the fit wise, at least theoretically, it would make it makes more sense. Yeah. Right. But that's, even that's where I, I'm at. I'm just, again, I don't I expect just, like a huge turnaround. I don't expect like a save the day, but like I expect them to be better with with more bodies. Now, right? of course, the wild card factor is maybe LeBron is saving himself, but I think at some point, yeah, I mean, coasting, you guys are right? hovering around the play in at some point it saving yourself during the regular season. I mean, it doesn't, dangerous. it doesn't, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. Cause I mean, like at this point we're two games out of fourth. Yeah. The West so is like, very light, like four through like, 10. The West is very light. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a world where like, yeah, you know, you're, you're two games out of fourth and like, how much do you actually have to try? Because we're not going to catch the Jazz, the Warriors, the Suns anyway. So, like, at Le- is Le- like LeBron pays attention to everything, right? It's not like he's looking at the standings going, like, we got to push. Right? I think even at a fully healthy strength team, like, and Westbrook playing better. And I just, from what, I, what I've seen of the Lakers, and even if LeBron, like, turns it up, um, which I am kind of dubious of now that he's a bit older. We I saw ju- some stuff last night where he's... Kind of yeah, on. well, trying on Wendell Carter Jr.'s uh, goggles, you know, yeah, trying to see the future of what this Laker team will be like. No, uh, but I just, it's very hilarious that you guys are blaming Vogel for the Lakers, one, not trying on defense, but also t- basically stripping down the roster of defensive personnel that he that fits his style of coaching. It's just very hilarious that way. Like, yeah, he's had some rotational you know miscues we all were screaming at the beginning of the season that you can't start two bigs when you have russell westbrook on the floor um and he did it anyway and now he's finally figured that out but the team is still not trying on defense like the grizzlies game was very adherent (laughs) um and um the shooting is the terms of spacing is just cramped unless you have ad at the five but ad's got to play better um Charles Barkley, I think, rightfully lit into him and stuff. And, uh, you know, LeBron, you can't just rely on LeBron to add – how old is he now? He's going to be 37 um, yeah. in a few weeks. You just can't rely – like, he is not – he is now, like, the third best pa- small forward in the NBA, which, you yeah. know, for and him, think- it's insane to say, but that's a drop-off for him. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's interesting, too. The thing that's weird is, like – AD is still AD and he's playing he's playing well, he's putting up numbers, but like he's not he doesn't have the game impact that he should be having. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, I was saying earlier watch... his raw numbers look fine, but if you watch him, like it, he's nowhere near like right. what he should and also like there are numbers where like if you look at areas of the floor where he is comfortable at, like he loves the mid range he loves the fifteen to eighteen footer. He's shooting like shit from there, like I think yeah. I have to look at the numbers again, but the, I think he's the worst. He's the worst, of he's the worst shooter. Well, yeah, he's the and also he's the worst shooter in the NBA by yeah. uh, by minimums. So like I don't, yeah, and, I don't uh, know where. And also from he, three, he's shooting like shit. So yeah, um, but the thing is, like, he's still dominant. Like, it's the thing of like he's unstoppable in the paint. He's still the highest scoring point player in the NBA. But he can't. He's, he just he likes. To, he likes he to be a guard, man. He grew up a guard, like. Uh, oh my god. But the thing is, like, like I wouldn't mind if he was a good shooter. Like, yeah. um, like Joel Embiid shoots jumpers. I have no problem with them shooting any from anywhere on the court. But um, the problem, the thing is, Joel Embiid just carries teams on the defensive end, and also he's improved his passing. So, like, anywhere on the floor, he's a threat. Whereas Anthony Davis, like, you know where he likes his spots. You know that he's not a very good passer. Um, I think we could say that now, uh, that he's probably never going to be like a above-average passer for a big. And But he's a terrible shooter right now. And uh, outside of the bubble, it's looking more and more like the bubble was an anomaly in terms of his offensive game. Uh, but... Uh, I have a question. So, did you watch the? Uh, did you watch any of the? Uh, I want to move off the Lakers. <laughs> I feel like we talk yeah, about them every week. I know yes. you're a Laker fan, uh, so it's inevitable. But um, did you watch uh, the any of the Warriors and Suns games? Uh, I did. 
Okay, what did you what did you think? What were your takeaways from those games? I we haven't think... talked about them on the pod because you've been gone, but I really wanted yeah. to talk about these matchups because those that was like a organic that organically developed into like one of the biggest games of the season, which is yeah. you never really get that in an NBA season. Yeah, it's usually pretty telegraphed. Um, yeah, I I think they're the two best teams in the West. I don't think it's close. I don't think the Jazz. Like, I again, we've we've talked about the Jazz slander. I I just don't believe in the Jazz, but I think they're the two best teams in the West. I think that uh, the X factor here is DeAndre Jordan, to, or, or not DeAndre Jordan. Sorry, uh, DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But like, I think to me, it's a it's a matter of like seeing DeAndre Ayton sort of grow his offensive game and to become more of a threat driving the basketball and on post-ups and pace-ups he's been doing a lot of driving this year more than ever in his career more than ever yeah and so the thing with him is like the his size is athleticism the only one that the warriors really have to stop him if he if he starts to get hot or starts to get it going the only one they have is really wiseman Mm -hmm. um that can battle with him and i don't know if wiseman's ready for that i don't know if he and obviously when he comes back i don't know if he's going to be ready for that um, yep. and then it, and then you know obviously the Warriors are gonna get Clay back as well, which is no, gonna add a new. I can't wrink- wait for that. It's gonna add a new wrinkle, but as they're currently constructed, I think yeah, I think to me Aiton is sort of the wild card here. What's what's gonna kind of shift that series, and it depends on how he's playing. With how determined he was running the floor, yeah. and how he was guarding Steph on switches, Mikel Bridges had Steph in absolute hell, like Matisse Thybul did over the weekend. By the way, um, but uh. Yeah, on switches, Aiton was guarding Steph well. He was uh, really anchoring down the back line. He's definitely the X factor. Um, if they get that determination out of Aiton, um, which Aiton's been awesome this year again uh, after you know coming back uh, from injury, he showed it. Yeah, he yeah. showed it all all the season. Yeah, like ever since he's come back, he's been awesome. Um, but yeah, he's definitely the X factor. Uh, this is that was just a fun because ma- both of those teams, um, and I covered it before in one of my videos, but they're they're both really good offensively and defensively, but they do it in different ways. Um, yeah, Draymond, I want I don't know if you saw Ben Taylor's latest video today, but um, he was based it was a video about Draymond Green and the Warriors defense because the Warriors defense has been historically good this year. They lead the NBA in defensive rating by like over nearly three points per 100 possessions and Draymond's just anchoring everything. The Warriors play this like hybrid amoeba zone where it looks like man, it could turn into man, but zone and um, the Suns, they also are just, they have really good wings. They have a center who can switch everything. It's just, they're both different in styles, but equally effective because they're both. Well, it's the, the Suns, it's the classic, like, anchor big where you're just you have you trust the guy back there and so you're able to just sort of take a ton of risk and then also like the suns are very interesting in that on defense they play like a modern defense they make you shoot the mid-range pretty much they don't allow a lot of threes they don't allow a lot of shots at the rim but on the other end they live in the mid-range and their offense flows every from everything from in their offense flows out of that and uh, for the Warriors, like they take a lot of threes, they take a lot of shots at the rim. They do the same. They and on defense, um, they basically they take away the rim as well. It's it was a really it was a really fun matchup. I figured the Suns would win the first one at home, and the Warriors would win the uh, second one in their building. Um, but I I want to see both of these teams fully healthy because the first game Devin Booker was injured in the second quarter, which sucked. That kind of just took the air out of stuff a little bit. But that was a playoff type atmosphere. That was really it was really fun to watch. Um, yeah, what I love a, stuff like that. What about um? Uh, are there any teams in the East that uh have caught your eye? Caught my eye or surprised me? No, but. I called the Bulls, and I still love the Bulls. Oh yeah, I think the Bulls are. I think I put them in. Uh, I put them in the uh, same tier as the uh, Nets and Bucks. Like, 
in term I don't they're not better than I don't think they're better than those two teams especially if Kyrie uh, no. comes back but I think there isn't a non zero percent chance they come out of the east um yeah everybody killed the DeRozan signing I I was I wasn't lukewarm on it I thought it was a good signing just in terms of I have a lot of I have you just three, an awkward fit I have three Bulls right fans there. in my life and I know their musings about the days of Garpax and you know Jim Boylan and the Bulls leadership council and all that bullshit <laughs> that went on in Chicago and so when they signed uh, Arturis Karnasovas from the Nuggets to be their president of basketball operations, it was like, oh, he's going to make some smart decisions. And they just got talent. Like, that was the main thing. Like, the Bulls just never really made it a priority to get talent. And so when they signed DeRozan, I was like, yeah, the fit might be awkward, but they got good players. Like, DeRozan turned into an incredible – he went from, like, a decent to good playmaker to, like, a really good playmaker in San Antonio – and DeRozan's arguably been a first-team All-NBA guard this year. Like, he's been... Really, I, I think he is. He's been incredible. Uh, well, I say arguably because Devin Booker might have a case for that spot. Um, because Steph's going to have that locked up. Yeah. Steph's going to have the first guard position locked up. So I think it's going to be between DeRozan and Booker. It depends on your preference. But um, DeRozan has been incredible in the clutch. In the mid-range, he's just been nasty. He He's still a really good playmaker in the half court. Um, Lonzo has been the perfect, like, fourth option for the team. He doesn't care if he scores a lot. He'll push the ball. He'll outlet. He'll advance the ball up the court. He'll play great defense. I think the Bulls have some of the best small ball lineups that are non-Warriors lineups. Like, I've, I think if you just look at all the teams besides the Warriors – they can deploy some really nasty lineups. And every time Alex Caruso just blows up a play on defense, I'm sure Lakers fans, like a part of their soul, just leaves their body every time yep. he gets a deflection. <laughs> yep, it, it hurts. But uh, Vucevic, even though his he's been shooting like Anderson Verizal, he's a decent second playmaker, secondary playmaker. And if he sucks, like in the playoff setting, Billy Donovan can just take him out. Yeah, they're not reliant on him, which is fantastic. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, too, they're not. DeRozan obviously is the most important piece, but like they're not overly reliant on any player. Mm-hmm. Like they they're able to swap and move whenever someone's hot or cold. Like they have Levine there as well, and like they're just they're fantastic. I love what they're doing. Um, <laughs> are we wait? Were you the one? Do we have this discussion on the on the pod with the warrior the the Bulls versus the Hawks? Yes, we did. Okay, are you still on the Hawks? I am. Okay. I very much am. And I I hate to do this, but my family does this and it's in my blood and I'm a Christmas. But uh we like to argue whenever we're whenever we're wrong, we like to argue about the reasons, whether the reasons we had a position and ended up being wrong were right. And I have to say you're you were right about the Bulls being better than the Hawks right now. I still think there is still time in the season. Yeah, no, but, I'm not. I'm. There's no. There's no. No, 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 no. I, I, I just, just, I just have to say this. Your, your reasonings about Trey Young, they are pretty. You have to bury those in the dirt. <laughs> like Trey Young has having a career year this year. Like, yeah, no, he, that's fine. He, he, he's, I'll eat that. He's been. I, I know he's kind of struggled. Well, at the beginning, he struggled to adjust to the new rules and stuff, but. That dude is living in the mid range, and he's been yeah, shooting. We see that adjustment for him. Yeah, he's he's really taken the he's taken more mid range shots, and um, he's been hitting them. He's shooting a career high from three. He's been more efficient, and I just think the Hawks have been injured, and their defense has taken a step back. Like Clint Capella hasn't been the defensive player of the year candidate that he was last year. Um, so Capella's always been inconsistent, though. <laughs> Not last year. He was good all year last year. That's and no, I, I just mean like I mean like year to year. Like you never know what Capella you're gonna get year to year. Yeah, it well, offensively sure, but at least you knew you were gonna count on rim protection and him being able to switch, and I just don't think he's been the same this year. Um 
but I still like the Hawks. They need to get healthy, and I think they're going to make a – they started off like shit. I'm not going to lie. They, they they started off like shit. I was like, oh, shit, because uh, my friend who listens to this podcast, he texted me too. He was like, I think I like the Bulls better than the Hawks, and you guys were looking like you were emphatically right to start the year because they started off, I think, like 4-7 and seven or 4-8. and eight. They were bad, but uh, they've been playing better. Um, Kevin Herter started, so I think that helped them. But now Bogdan Bogdanovich is out, and uh, former Sixer legend Timothy Luwawu Cabarro, who nobody on the, who listens to this podcast knows who the fuck he is, <laughs> um, is starting games. Um, but uh, no, you you were you were you were spot on with the Bulls. I thought they would be like a fifth or a sixth seed, but because I was worried about their defense, which wrong. Uh, I told you their defense they could switch everything yeah well my problem was I just didn't know how DeRozan and Levine and Vooch were going to defend and they've been Levine's been fine DeRozan's been good Vucevic and drop coverage is okay but then they but then like they have the development of what's his name uh, Io DeSumo Alex Caruso um, Javante Green Derek Jones Jr. they've all just been They've been all great, and uh, the Bulls have been one of my delights this year. They 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 really have. Uh, and in the playoffs, when things bog down, they have a few options to go to. Like they bog down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that was that was a play. I have to make sure that was a play on Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yes. Right? Okay. It was. <laughs> Just making sure. I killed your joke. I'm sorry. Um, okay. But uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> But uh, in the playoffs, when things slow down, um, they could go to Levine or they can go to DeRozan because nobody can check DeRozan. Uh, yeah. The Bulls played the Nets like two weekends ago or something like that. And I was watching that fourth quarter and DeRozan was just in his bag. He was dropping spin moves, Kobe drop steps, fadeaways. Like, they did not know what to do with DeRozan. And it was just big bucket after big bucket. And then, oh, kick out to Lonzo on the right wing for a three to seal the game. Like, this Bulls team has a lot of options. Now, unfortunately, they have, like, 1,000 guys in health and safety protocol. But um, fully healthy, I like this team. Yeah, I like them a lot. They're they're my most fun team to watch other than i like the hornets too i think the hornets are fun to watch oh yeah yeah they're they all they've been playing actually really well with everybody in health and safety protocol too can i tell you my delight go for it the cleveland the cleveland cavaliers yes have been fucking sick they have been sick like especially their last like six games they've been um they've been they've been crushing teams they went on like a four-game road trip recently, and every one of them they led by like twenty-five points. They whooped the Kings' ass over the weekend. Well, everybody whoops the Kings' ass now. Uh, and I have to say about the Sacramento Kings, the Kings fans got a little hype because they went on their first three-game win streak of the season, and I was like, "This win streak is nothing. You beat the Clippers without Paul George, then you beat the Clippers again on a back that were they were coming off of a back-to-back, and you beat the Magic. Like it's fool's gold." They should blow up that roster. But anyway, the Cavs whooped the Kings' ass. Um, I was watching a bit of the Miami Heat game right now before we started recording. And I have to say, man, I really think this team, I put them in the, I released a tier, updated tier list today uh, on my channel. And I put the Cavs squarely in the top five in the East. I put them in the in the mix tier with the Heat and the Sixers. I think the Cavs are the type of team that could they could outright just win their first round matchup and then just cause absolute hell in the second round. I love I I just love that they stumbled into this three big lineup because they lack wing they really lacked wing depth. Everybody was wondering <laughs> how the Cavs We made fun of them for it. Oh yeah, I we absolutely did. We were just like, "What? They're gonna go big ball?" And I was like, "I've seen this movie before with my Sixers, just going big ball, and nothing comes of it." But all these bigs just do different things. Like Evan Mobley, front run. I think he's the clear front runner for Rookie of the Year. Um, I don't even think it's close. It's not. Uh, he's fantastic defensively. He moves literally like 
a guard. Like he move he moves his feet like Lonzo Ball or an Alex Caruso in a set. He's like a guard in a seven footer's body. It's really yeah. crazy. He can cover so much ground. He can protect the rim while contesting uh, shots on the perimeter. Jared Allen has been an All Star big. I I would have him on my All Star team right now if we did voting. Um, and also like everybody was killing the Cavs for that contract. He's been worth it, and I cannot believe the Rockets did not get Jared Allen in that four-team deal for James Harden. Like that is insane to me. That that's a, it was still insane to me. Like I love Jared Allen in Brooklyn, and it was right. crazy. We talked about this, and uh, we talked about this. It's yeah, insane like, to me. It was it was crazy to me that they wanted to start DeAndre fucking Jordan over Jared Allen. Like it was insane to me. Like he was washed then, and now you. I mean, you're seeing it with your own eyes now. <laughs> like oh, up close and personal how washed he is um but jared and not only that jared allen has like improved his game like he can seal mismatches now under the basket or even against bigs and he could score he could pass on the short roll evan mobley can pass and he can bring the ball up the floor laurie marketed he just he has to shoot beat guys off the dribble and he can pass himself and i on a human level, I feel for Colin Sexton, but I think Sexton's injury moved Isaac Okoro to oh. his natural position, I think, which is yeah. the two guard. And in those lineups of Garland, Okoro, Marketed, Mobley, and Allen, they're like a plus 19. They are killing teams, and they're able to have more. They're like 20th in offensive rating right now, but the last two weeks, they've been... I think two or second um, or something like they've, de they've been top seven. Uh, I have to look at cleaning the glass again, but um, Mobley went out for those four games and the Cavs just were in the shitter. And it just shows one, how important Mobley is, but also even if the Cavs don't even, it, it's all house money, D depending on how far the Cavs make it, I think it's all house money, but going forward, they have a foundation of Garland Allen and Mobley and it fits and it's just yeah. it's wild to so think I was I was I was talking to someone about this is are they winning too much no I don't think no you know what I mean though like for the way that this roster is now and like again they're still real young and they still I still think they need one more big their piece. depth their depth does concern me that's yeah, like a like, red flag for me like, would it be more beneficial for them to, like, still be kind of mediocre for a little bit? No. And I, then... I, I, don't, I don't think so. The reason I say that is because they clearly have their three guys, and I think all the experience is great for them. Because I think another thing with the Sexton injury is that Darius Garland now, this is his team. Like, this is squarely his team. He is, He's increased his scoring. He's increased his assist, and I think he has an all-star bid as well. And um, we all know who the lead guard is on that team now. And um, I think for the Cavs, it I feel bad for Sexton because I was very low on him coming out of the draft, and he instantly proved me wrong. And he's legitimately improved every year. And so when you do that, you expect to be compensated. You expect to get a nice yeah, he's contract. Not gonna get, he's and not he, going to get his money. Yeah, it's good. Teams will want him in the offseason. They'll 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 pay whatever to get Sexton because he's a efficient twenty four point per game scorer. So so and this is so, something that was this is something that we th I, I was thinking about of like, and I I think I think it was brought up on on one podcast. I can't remember which one it was, but what when you look at the situation right now in the NBA. What team is going to pay big money for a point guard? Hmm. Like, go down the line. Okay. Let me so, like, think about like, Let me pull up the standings so like, right so now. So, like, Nets? Nets, no, right? Nope. Bucks, no. Bulls, no. Heat, no. Cavs, no. Sixers, maybe. Yeah, we're we're always in the business right? for guards who can dribble. Um, but I don't think we're going to pay Wizards, Sexton that money. Wizards, no. Yes, I think the I think I mean they just signed Spencer Dinwiddie. They just gave him money. Yeah, but Brett, the Bradley Beal situation too. Okay, maybe. Okay, maybe. Right. So like Wizards, maybe. 
right? And also, Hornets, I think don't. Sexton is better than Dinwiddie. But that's, that's fair. I think so too. But like they just paid like you know, yeah. are you gonna pay two big guards? You know that money. Mm. Um, Hornets, no. Hawks, no. Celtics, maybe. Maybe. But they, maybe. Uh, Raptors, no. Maybe. I mean, they just gave. That is the... true. Fred Van Vliet is is uh, that is true. They have Fred Van Vliet and yeah, Gary Trent Jr. Money. Yeah. Um, Knicks, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pacers, <laughs> yes. Pacers, yes. Magic, no. no. Pistons, no. Nope. Right, so in the East, that's what four teams, maybe. Yep, and like maybe four teams. Mm-hmm. There's only two two teams that have like definitive yes. Yes. Okay, then West Suns, no, no. Worry. Okay, with, let's just Warriors? start with let's just start with the Clippers. Yeah. I think the Clippers yeah. would it. Well, they don't have any assets or any, any cap, assets. Space, the, cap space. Yeah. Lakers, <laughs> Lakers, no, no. Mavericks, well, yeah. I think the Mavs need. A, I think the Mavs need. Uh, uh, Sexton with Luca, I think, would actually be a good yeah. match for them. I think Sexton, he's not a pure point guard, and this was the he's point. A, he's I like was, a combo. He's a combo guard, and I think a guy like Luca, obviously, anybody plays well without Luca. But you know what I'm saying, like a big yeah, yeah, yeah. playmaking wing, along with a score that's the size of a point guard. I think positionally that makes sense for the Mavericks. Um, sure. Nuggets, no. Yeah, Nuggets, no. Timberwolves, no, no. Sacramento Kings? Kings, yeah, yeah, no, I think so. They are going to blow up Fox? the roster. You no, think so? Yeah, I Kings fans are done with De'Aaron Fox, and he's not been good this year. De'Aaron Fox okay. has been terrible this year, actually. Um, Blazers, okay. Blazers, no. no. Spurs, uh, Spurs, no, 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 no. Rockets, uh, no. Rockets, yeah, well, yeah. Why wouldn't they? I mean, I guess if they need to get talent, but I mean, they already have Kevin Porter Jr. They have Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, I mean, Garrison they're not Matthews. Stick with Wall. Like Wall's gone. Yeah, Wall. That's true. The Rockets could definitely use Sexton. Okay, yeah. That okay. I think that's a maybe. We'll yeah. just say Thunders, maybe. No. No. Thunder. No. Pelicans. Pelicans yes. Yes. <laughs> there's but a like, few teams. There's a few, but like the 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 list of teams that are like that need point guards that would be willing to give him money that can give him money. It's but also that big. So think. But also and also I was gonna say. Think about the sign and trade possibilities, too, because that's been more prevalent the last two yeah. off seasons, and that's what I was going to say earlier is that if the Cavs are able to, you know, get stuff for Colin Sexton when uh he's in a, when he enters restricted free agency this summer, um, I think that'll just I think that'll be a great maneuver for the Cavs to pull off because I think they already have the foundation. I. Sadly, Sexton is the odd man out in this one. I don't think it's a coincidence that their offense has taken a jump while their defense has remained just as dominant since Sexton yeah. went down and uh, Evan Mobley came back from his elbow injury. Like, I think the Cavs have their lineup. Also, the, there are lineups with the Cavs with Rubio and Garland sharing the floor together where their offense is just through the roof, and that makes sense, right? Like, they're both yeah. really good passers. Uh, Garland is a very good deep shooter, and so I feel like, yeah, I feel like we, the the Ricky Rubio thing has become like this meme of like yeah he's just like the veteran point guard, but like he's still he's really good, good. He's a good point. Like Devin <laughs> he's Booker, still like like still he, really good. Remember when he was on the Suns? Like Devin Booker credits Ricky Rubio yeah. like all the time for like he was an adult at the point guard position, and I think that's even kind of underselling like Rubio as a player. Yeah, um, the th- I, but, you know what it is. I think he came in with so much hype of like he was the next oh, great yeah. European point guard. Yep. But like the like he's he. I feel like over the years he's become underrated. Yeah, for I how agree. Good he actually is. Yeah, I agree. And I'm sure he was a. Uh, I'm sure he was burnt. You know, from you know being traded from Minnesota to you know Oklahoma City, but then being traded to uh, Cleveland. But uh, yeah. he's found himself in a nice situation now, and. Uh, also, Kevin Love has looked more spry, uh, and he's not pouting he's and like, bitching. Yo, these young kids can play. Yeah, he's like, oh shit, we have a good team. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna stop pouting and bitching, and you know, waving my arms in the air when things don't go my way, or like <laughs> stand in the key for three seconds to make a point. You know, um, I really love this Cavs team, though. It, it was it was like a beautiful accident that happened. It's like yes. when Professor X mixed. Or it's like when Professor Utonia mixed Utonia. in Chemical X to make the Powerpuff Girls. 
Sorry, I, yeah, had to, just, I had to slip in my cartoon reference in there. Oh, it's all good. I I totally get it. I, but yeah, remember because we were making fun of the we were making fun of the marketing signing. Yeah, and we're like, are they gonna run three bigs? Like, what, <laughs> and the, what and is... JB Bakerstaff was like, yep, <laughs> and it's working. <laughs> He's fair. like, hey, watch this. And I, I I did a podcast with a. Uh, Evan Damarell, who covers the Cavs, like he's he's basically he's the beat writer for yeah uh, his well he does his own independent thing for Facebook News, uh but he covers the Cavs, well connected to the Cavs, and I had him on my podcast, and we were just like, this team could maybe fight for a play in, but like they're still lacking wing depth. I they have too many bigs, and we're both just like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like this is wild. Like it. It's very cool to see. And Jared Allen, like, he's absolutely worth that contract. He's a yeah. damn good big. I have to pull up his stats right now, but I'm pretty sure he's basically been a 20-10 and 10 guy all year. Like, And um, not only that, like, it's he's so he's averaging 17 and 11. And, dude, could you imagine just being a guard and, like, thinking, okay, I'm going to get a big on a switch, but it's Evan Mobley. Okay, no, fuck that. Okay, let's get Jared Allen out here. Oh, he can move his feet. Oh no, he just ripped Buddy Heald in the in in the open floor and got a dunk. It's like, oh god, like, and even Lowry Marketing, while he's not like, you know, the most, he's not like the most good. He's not like a good defender or anything. He's still big. He's long. Like, yeah. and because like Mobley and Allen can rate can put out so many fires. Um, Marketing can kind of just use his link. And then Okoro, like I said, he's playing his natural position and uh, his offense needs to get better, but he's been more frisky lately, driving to the hoop and stuff like that. Um, I think he'll develop nicely now that he's not, you know, playing the three because they wanted to start a small backcourt. Like, funny story. Um, I went on Locked On Cavs last year, you know, the Locked On uh, yeah. podcast network um i went on locked on calves with uh evan and <laughs> we talked about you know it was towards the end of the season and we were talking about the calves being in the lottery and stuff and i asked him like would you trade colin sexton to for the chance to get like kate cunningham or something like a, a big guard next to garland and we were both just like yes and then apparently that became like the most downloaded episode of that month. And Cavs fans were, I'm in the locked on discord and Cavs fans were not happy <laughs> to say the least. And now I'm sure people will change their tune. And well, of course. like I said, I feel bad on a human level for Sexton because this injury sucks and he was yeah. going to get paid. Um, I don't know which team, but I think he, he was going to get paid at least you know, maybe not like the full max or whatever, but he was no. definitely going to make again, I, money. I think like there's always a discussion about how like point guards, there's always a market for a point guard. But like when I was really looking at it, they're it's so, so much smaller than it's ever been or that I can ever remember it being. Yeah. Like, everyone kind of has. Everyone has they, a good guard or a good. Yeah, everyone, ha everyone has has kind of what they need in terms of like from the point guard spot and like what they want, mm -hmm. which is like. Or or they just don't have space to like grab a player like Sixton. He wouldn't get paid anyway. Yep. And so like, it's just a thing of he might just be in a weird spot. Like this might be the worst time for him to come yeah, out. Yeah, this might be the worst time to be out to be a free agent. Yeah, it's timing more than anything. Yeah, which is unfortunate for him. But yeah. like you know, at the same time, kind of how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, I I mean, the Sixers are always looming. Uh. They started off really well before uh, COVID just struck this team down, and uh, they've kind of been playing uneven since. But December 15th is coming up, and uh, finally, this was the day Daryl Moore was waiting for. I, I have been keeping quiet on Twitter and stuff about like the day-to-day -day Ben Simmons stuff, but it's just yeah. really fucking funny how everyone was like, Oh, Daryl should have just traded for Simmons now. Daryl should have just traded for Simmons now. This was what Daryl was waiting for the entire yeah, he's time. Waiting for everyone to unlock. Yeah, it, like for all the new contracts to be traded. And I'm not here to sound like a process nerd, Daryl Morey, uh, you know, acolyte or whatever. But like, this was the plan all along. And people are like, well, you don't want to waste Joel Embiid's prime year this year. The goal is to not waste years, plural, yeah. of Joel Embiid. And so. Like, yeah, it sucks that we're if we don't trade Simmons this year, um, 
it sucks that we're going to waste a season probably, but the goal is multiple years. And if Daryl sees a trade that he doesn't like, like is saddling Embiid with Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley going to make it any better? Maybe. (laughs) I mean, they'll be marginally better, but there'll be a second round exit. Yeah. Like it's not good. It's either you get Simmons back on the court whenever he's ready. And uh, I've emphasized with Simmons and his mental health struggles. I do think there is a lot of truth to his mental health struggles. I mean, we talk about it all the time with the shooting. Like, we can't. Oh, it's si- so much mental. We can't say that Simmons has mental issues when it comes to shooting the basketball, but then you know, question the validity of his mental health claims when he tells the team that he's not ready. And I've had, and I was guilty of that at first. I'm not gonna lie. Like I. I I was I wasn't questioning it, but I was it, the timing of it right. made me raise my eyebrow a little bit because he came back to training camp, so the Sixers would take his money out of escrow, and now they're back to finding him, and so the timing of it was all weird, but I do kind of empathize with Simmons because he definitely probably had some mental struggles and he doesn't want to be with this team anymore. I still think that he did a lot of this to himself in terms of the situation he ended up being in in terms of his development as a player and how he basically just melted down in the hawk series and stuff but i don't but um the only way for the path for the sixers to compete is to get simmons back on the court or to trade somebody of equal value now i don't think maury's gonna get the star in the ten thousand million first round picks he's demanding but there's a rumor today about the Lakers in, in investigating Ben Simmons. I'll tell you right now, no thanks. I don't know what assets you guys have. <laughs> you guys burned you, them you all. Just get, you, <laughs> yeah, you just get you just get Russell Westbrook and maybe like Kendrick Nunn. Oh, great. <laughs> Which honestly, that's a pretty that's a pretty even swap there. I don't know if that's doing anything to either of us. Yeah, that's not a. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it, Simmons wouldn't do much for the Lakers just in terms of their fit, and yeah, Westbrook, I, I pass. <laughs> just pass on that. Yeah, now there I are just, some. I, I know I think we mutually agree to not do that. Yeah, just yeah. We have a fit. If you're listening to this podcast, Daryl and Rob Polinka, we have made it official. Don't make the trade. Like, go away. <laughs> no one wants that. No one wants that. But like you know, there there's probably some three team deals that could be worked out. Um, I know the Pacers are in fire cell mode now. Finally, that team is so fucking boring to watch. I've watched like five Pacer games this year. I just can't watch them. Like they're Sabonis kill, is fun. Killing Sabonis, they're killing Sabonis. I don't know what happened. Like Sab- I think Sabonis would be good in Sacramento, low key. Um, and Kings fans are scoffing at that. And there are some Kings writers that I follow. And they're just like, do Kings fans just not want talent on this team? Like, we fucking suck anyway. <laughs> like, and you guys are clutching your pearls for De'Aaron Fox and, you know, Davion Mitchell and stuff. Which, every fan base wants their young players that they draft to work out. But, like, there's a reason you guys are, like, 11 and 14. They're getting blown out by the Raptors as we speak, by the way. The Raptors who can't throw a ball into the ocean when it comes to their offense. They're getting blown out 82 to 60 after getting their ass whooped on Saturday. So it's a bonus would be a good gift for any team, but the Hornets should absolutely go for miles Turner. Yes. I think that's the better uh, fit. Could you imagine, could you imagine LaMelo given, giving him miles Turner? Yeah. The, 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 Turner is basically a big ass three and D wing. And I think Turner can do a little bit more stuff, but because he's playing with Sabonis, he's kind of been limited in that way. I just want I just want them to give Lamelo everything, give Lamelo yeah. all of the tools to have fun. Yeah, exactly. That would yeah, that would be. I'm all for it. Yeah, because like when Mason Plumley, well, he's in health and safety protocol, but when that's a big loss for you, like they can't protect the rim yeah. at all, even with Mason Plumley. Like Joel and B just threw that team into a trash compactor in their two games they played last week. You know, JT Thor wasn't stopping him. PJ Washington definitely wasn't stopping him as a backup five. Like, the Hornets need some rim protection. They need size. Any size. They do trade for anyone. Mason Plumlee would be a good backup to Miles Turner, too. Yo, Roy Hibbert is still chilling, waiting. No, God. Waiting for his, no, waiting I, for think, his I think those days are past him, unfortunately. 
Roy Hibbert can still defend the rim. He's there. He's waiting. Uh, he could defend the rim in rec league, probably. He's he's lurking, <laughs> lurking in a twenty four seven gym. He's lurking. There's there's that you know you know every time you go to the gym, there's that old guy that's shooting around. Yep. He's that guy, and they're like, "Who's that?" There's like, "That's that's Roy Hibbert." <laughs> that's Roy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, what's what's he doing? He's just jumping. In an, in an empty gym by himself at the rim. <laughs> Why? He's blocking shots. He was the, he was the one. He made verticality like a national storyline. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the Heat just having trouble getting past Roy Hibbert because of his verticality. That man that man made Hashim Thabit some money. Oh, boy. Hashim Thabit. Now we've I, now we've really reached the end of this podcast. We've we've talked about this, but like I was a big I I thought Hashim Thabit was going to be the dude. <laughs> yeah, we did. I I didn't think he would be the. I thought he would be a good player, but uh, I thought he was like I thought he was going to be like the next Matumbo. Like I thought he was going to be like the next defensive. It like became it became very topic. apparent quickly that he just didn't know how to play basketball at yeah, all. Yeah, he just was just, catch. He was just big. He was just big. <laughs> yeah. It, I was watching. Fair, I was watching. There's the, a lot of players in the NBA that made careers just being big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but there are not how many of them were actually like impactful players, though. Yeah, that's fair. Like Taco Fall is in the league because he's big, and now he's basically used as a novelty. If you need to defend an inbound, coaches will just put in Taco Fall. That's what the Cavs do. <laughs> yeah. That's what the Celtics have done too. When he when Taco Fall was on the Celtics. <laughs> Taco, get in there. Coach, I can play? Yeah, I need you to stand it's in like, front of this guy. Okay, there's 0.9 seconds. Taco, defend the inbound pass. <laughs> Be big. Coach, <laughs> Coach, can I do something else? No. This is your one job. This is your one shiny moment. <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe Hashim Thabit could have been that. He couldn't even be that. Hashim Thabit can't even crack his way into the three big team. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the beat can't even crack the lineup of the team that runs the three bigs i yeah uh shit <laughs> 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 i was watching real quickly i was watching the second half of jazz wizards i was finishing the game and they were talking about uh the bro wizards broadcast was talking about uh when they were talking about mike conley they of course brought up greg odin and just he he would have been really dominant. Oh my God, Greg Oden! I still believe in Greg Oden. I'm I still I'm so sad that he never everybody did was on the Greg Oden train. But I swear to God, this was 2007. This is my freshman year of high school. No, sophomore year. Going into my sophomore year. No, this was freshman year because uh, the draft was 2007. Uh, but I was watching that season, and I was watching Kevin Durant, and I was like, no. <laughs> like this is the guy like and maybe it was because of me because I like perimeter players and like I saw Kobe and T-Mac Iverson obviously like I love the bigs too and I played center but like I had never seen like a 6'10 dude that can handle and pull up like that and I was just like I would get I would take this guy like I would take like Odin I would have taken Odin too but like I was a Durant guy all the way I uh, loved him at Texas just we do talk about this. I just love post play. And I thought oh, I like, do too. I was like, I was like, Greg Oden is like, that guy has all these moves. He can move his feet. I was like, very happy guy. when, uh, the Grizzlies retired, uh, Zebo's, uh, Jersey. Yeah. That's Zebo like, fan. you won't believe this, but like I've played, you know, over my years of playing pickup, like I have a, I have a drop step, right shoulder, uh, right shoulder, drop step, left-handed hook. And, um, yeah, and people would just, and I, and I'm very confident in that shot. Like I've made a lot of shots like that and people would just be like Zebo. <laughs> and I think it's the, the comparison stops at the fact that I have a left-handed hook and I can't jump unless I like really load up. <laughs> well, I always, I always laughed at it. I always thought it was so funny that like they got Z Zebo, he was there in Memphis and they're like, Hey. We're gonna draft this kid, Mark Gasol. He's a little doughy, and Zeva's like, "Say no more. I'll take care of him." <laughs> well, no, they traded. Yeah, they they traded for. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. They trade for him, and they were like, yeah, "We got that... this guy, Marcus All." And then they were like, and then Zevo's like, Zevo's like, "Don't worry, say no more. Mm-hmm. I'll teach him the way of the doughy boy." <laughs> <laughs> and like when you when you watched over the years, like you saw Gasol like take some of Zevo's like the the like, grit and grind Grizzlies like. Marcus all learned a lot from Zebo. You can tell, mm-hmm. just the way that they use their body and the way that he uses the mass and like. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they were that trade actually not ended up being lopsided as yeah. uh, we all thought. I remember when that trade happened. Me and my me and my friends were pissed. My friends who hated the Lakers were pissed. We're just like fuck. That's a championship. Yeah. <laughs> like, like how do you That's get Marcus all or how do you get Pal Gasol for a bag of chips like, Dude, we we gave up uh we gave up fucking uh kwame brown for him uh yeah and yeah the trade rights to marcus all were just like who his brother <laughs> yeah i was like who cares we have fucking marcus all we had pal gasol for kwame brown <laughs> but um is there any other topics you want to hit on, or uh... no? I think uh, I think that's about it. I mean, it's a pretty. It's we're at the point in the season where everyone's it's starting to, it's starting to level out. We're starting to know who these teams are, um, and sort of like the adjustments are going to come sort of back half of the season, seeing what these teams can do. But I think I think we're in a good spot in terms of where everything is. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of parity this year too. Not to use the dreaded P word. But uh, the P word. There's a, there's a lot of parody this year in the NBA, more than I can remember for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be it for us today. Thank you guys for listening and watching, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. The Bob.